0: My high school students are growing up believing that the partisan divide so, in CNN Congress tele- is okay. and insurmountable. They're also hearing that their president can speak and act without filters. In other words, they're growing up to be cynics regarding our American government. How would you intend to help to restore faith in the American system of governance for those who are coming of age under President Trump? This is Amy Klobuchar. Well, I think the first thing is to stop governing by tweet, okay? And all these mean-spirited...
1: Yeah, Senator from true. Minnesota. Yeah. That makes it hard Presidential hopeful. To say, you know, you don't have
0: to agree with everything the president says. No one's going to agree with them. But you have to have someone that you have faith in, that respects the institution, that's someone that you can look up to. And from the moment that President Trump was sworn into office, I will never forget uh, that. Dark
1: day with the clouds coming in, where I sat actually in between um, Senator
0: McCain, who I miss very much, as well as Senator Sanders. It was the three of us that day. Um, And we were
1: just shocked. She she positioned herself as more center left than the far left.
0: Listen closely. Instead of just looking down, which we want to do all the time, right? You see this news on TV, you don't want your kids to see it. Look, instead of looking down or looking away, we have to look at each other and we have to look up at the
2: challenges before us. We have always we done go. this as a great nation. This is everything from
0: income inequality uh, to health care to uh, the challenges that we have with our democracy.
1: So then then she goes on with the three main far left issues. right? right. She talks about income inequality. In inequality. So is she is she going to be UBI? Is she going to, you know... She talks about, you know, healthcare. That's going to be mean Medicare for all. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she in her last comment, you know, challenge we have with our democracy. Well, I'm not sure what she meant by that. You know, I mean, is she think that maybe she's saying that the democratic socialism is be less problematic than our current democracy? Mm. Um, so I don't know, you know, and I'll be talking a little bit more about Amy. But you're have you ever heard the song before, Carrie?
2: Yeah, I've heard, I was thinking when you played it, I'm like, no, I've heard the song many times. I don't know who sings it, or I was gonna say, I don't know who sings it or the band, and I don't know the name of the song.
1: You don't know <laughs> the name of the song? Well, well I was gonna say, clue. other than Amy, right? You got it. There well, you I was go. gonna say
2: that seemed too obvious, right?
1: Um, so yeah, it was a big hit.
2: I was gonna say I know the song. I sing. It came out in nineteen seventy (laughs) three. Okay. The
1: group was Pure Prairie League, and oh yeah, I would never. Well, I mean, I would consider them a one hit wonder, but I'd be banned from radio if I if I because. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Okay, Carrie, why don't you get us started? Well,
2: good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on fourteen twenty a.m. between nine and ten. We're a financial educational radio talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that may impact your financial life and hopefully make you aware of things that you weren't before. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm. We're not investment advisors. What we do is build realistic, conservative long-term plans and help people know how short-term decisions impact the longevity of their plan, help people with objective and bias analysis with some of the issues or decisions that they face in their retirement. And helping people use the opportunities, avoid the traps in the complicated tax code, knowing what they can afford to spend, addressing financial challenges people face, and really helping people solve problems, save money, and again, use the opportunities. We've been around for more than 34 years now in the greater Cleveland area, and we our home office is in Middleburg Heights, and we have offices around Cleveland for convenience. We offer a free no obligation consultation so you can see if our process is appropriate for you. And like our fees, our plan our like our plans, our fees are customized. We have hourly and retainer options for people who are working and thinking about their future retirement or people in retirement knowing, you know, how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible and what assets um, that you withdraw on and maximizing those different tax brackets and understanding, you know, sometimes people make short-term decisions and create more taxes in the future. Um, so we offer that free no-obligation consultation. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit FinancialFoodForThought.com, the website, um, you can contact us for the consultation. We have periodic specials. We have the newsletter. And we have classes coming up this spring in April and May that we'll be continuing to talk about on this show today.
1: All right. And I'm Mark Donnelly, and that's Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we like to say we do it one plan, one family at a time. And over those thirty-four years, one of our main goals was to increase the financial literacy of mm-hmm. our listeners. Right, of course, the radio show, or our the people that attend our classes? Which Carrie, you'll be, you know, giving the dates for those coming up
2: mm-hmm.
1: today's show. And you can always always go to the website um, and get the dates and sign up. But you can also call the uh, our number, and Carrie will be going over those in a mm-hmm. minute. But but so since because April is Financial Literacy Month, right, Carrie, who knew, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but so um, quiz time. Okay. Pop quiz, right? All Carrie, right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm so always ready. Here's a question. So this was uh, this quiz. And if you want to take this quiz, this is put out by the American College of Financial Services. And they have a website. And I think if you just Googled American College of Financial Services financial literacy quiz, I think you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a question, Carrie, and, uh, I know it's just sometimes tough to do on the radio cause you got to kind of can't read it. You got to listen to it. Okay. Please choose the response below that best completes this statement. If you were, if you had a well-diversified portfolio of 50% stocks and 50% bonds that was worth $100,000 at retirement. Based on historical returns in the United States, the most you can afford to withdraw each year is about blank. That's the answer they're looking for. Plus adding inflation each year and to have a 95% chance that your assets will last for 30 years. Okay. So here are the possible multiple choice answers. The answer A, $2,000. B, $4,000. C, $6,000. Or D eight thousand dollars. Okay. So What's your
2: answer? B four thousand. Four
1: thousand, of course. Thank. Very, very good, Carrie. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah we well, know, now, of course, everybody who hopefully, if you've been listening to this show, how long? many years have we been doing this radio show? Carrie?
2: Oh, more than twenty years. F- twenty
1: fifteen. Um, that's of course what we call the four percent rule, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been around since the mid nineties when. You know, William Benjen, um came up with it. And, you know, over the years, it's been challenged and a lot of headlines. If you, and, you know, if you come to our retirement planning class, we spend some time on the 4% rule, especially for if, if we find that the people that come that particular night to the class, has you know, they don't have never heard it before or if they think that it's no longer valid. And mm-hmm. I think what the American College of Financial Services is saying, yeah, it's still valid. What I've been saying for years, math doesn't break down. Mm-hmm. The 4% rule is just based on mathematics. Now, what people are, are messing it up is that they're not, you know, they're not customizing it to their own.
2: Or so, they're missing on the, uh, like, different variables that they're not taking into account.
1: Right. So here's a recent, here's a recent um, article titled, The Advisor and the Quaint, okay, Is the 4% Rule Dead?, no. You know, no. It's a, you know um, here's another one: the four percent retirement rule is back. Well, I don't no, know. I don't went think a, it a, ever a, went away. Right. I was going to say. I mean, you know, and and so it, it, it's just the idea that, um, it, you know, the four percent rule. Why you have to customize it is because when Benjamin did it, it was based on a thirty year time period, like the question said. So if your retirement period is longer than 30 years or shorter than 30 years, then you have to modify the 4% rule accordingly. You
2: need to adjust.
1: You need to, you know, um, and, and, you know, if you, you know, Benjamin used a 5% rate of return that's where that 50/50 part of the question came in 50 percent growth 50 percent fixed right. that's what Benjamin said it was the most um, consistent allocation that worked over all the 30-year periods right. that he tested you know you know and, and some people get that wrong I've seen articles where they say it was 60 40 and it was really 5050 um, and the idea is you know like that was the most consistent that if you assume if you kept it about a 50/50 portfolio and you know and assumed a five percent rate of return that's the one where most people have lost confidence in is that in today's world, the 50-50 portfolio doesn't get you 5%. But if that's where the position you're in, then you have to lower the 5% to mm-hmm. what you think is appropriate and rerun the the, the calculation. And it will no longer be the 4% rule. It will right. be some less than 4% rule. The other one that most people don't understand is the part of the question that says add inflation to it. See, Benjamin was smart enough to say that if you wanted to start your uh, retirement based on a withdrawal from your nest egg in order to maintain that lifestyle in retirement, you better add some inflation to it. So every year you're, you're pulling out a little bit more than the previous. Previous year, he used about three and a half percent inflation. If you want to use a number different than three and a half percent inflation, then you have to adjust the rule. So, if you if you've never seen the rule, or if you would like to see how you customize it, come to our retirement class. And Kirby, right. that is think? on
2: actually that is on Tuesday, May seventh. It's at six o'clock. It's an evening class in Independence, and it's really for people who are working usually 10 years or less from retirement. Um, and people who are in retirement and that class focuses on the issues that impact your lifestyle and long-term financial stability. We're going to talk about the retirement rules that are misunderstood, misused, and um, why you may not want to follow them and design your own rules uh, to customize your situation. We're going to talk about concerns about rising healthcare costs, inflation, market volatility, and other financial disruptors. And also we're talking about what are factors you really should consider when you're funding your ideal retirement and how to make that happen and we'll also talk about steps and strategies in preparing for and during retirement. We'll talk a, uh and in the book there's summary of tax law changes and the different thresholds that you should be aware of because going over the thresholds and understanding the tax brackets are are not the tax brackets are very important making sure that you're um social or your Medicare B premiums, you're not kids or anything you can do to plan for um, them going into a a higher premium. We're going to talk about Social Security elections and timing of that as well. And that is May 7th. We do ask that you pre-register, which you can do online or call the office. We will send you a confirmation with directions. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Remember, the classes are general planning strategies and concepts. If you have individual questions, you can always come in for a free consultation. We do have early morning and evening availability when people are working to accommodate schedules. All right.
1: And uh, if in just, um, I have, uh, let's see, what else can we uh, talk about today? Well, uh, April 15th deadline's coming up, Gary. Mm-hmm. So On Monday. You, so if you haven't started your taxes yet, you may want to think about extending them.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. But you uh, still have to pay the taxes. Right. Remember, you can't An extend estimate. the time to
1: pay, and you have to make that extension payment if necessary. Um, you know, a lot of deadlines have come and gone this week, Gary, right? Brexit.
2: Okay. You know,
1: I guess, what happened to that deadline? No. I mean, as everybody Done with. I, mean, I really so tired with. I mean, they're talking about uh, Halloween now, extending it to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, speaking of tax returns, right? So the deadline has come and gone for President Trump to release his tax returns, mm-hmm. right? Um. Remember, they they wanted the six years of tax returns. Right. They gave him a deadline. What happened to that deadline? I don't know. He went blue right through that. Who cares? That.
2: Although you said you'd like to see, because I'm sure President Trump hires very smart people. Yeah. He, I'm sure, he's using the opportunities.
1: But I don't know. Is this another witch? You know, it's It's not only by the way. It's not only his individual tax returns they that they the asked business. for. They wanted trust returns. Right. You know, if you're not familiar with that, you know they wanted. All seven of the subsidiary returns, mm-hmm. um, as well as mm. all records on any pr- current or previous audits. Mm. I mean, now is That's that going too far? Is that I think going a little bit too far. Uh, I um, think so. And what are they going to learn with all that? See, I don't know. Oh, I mean, right?
2: They're looking for a problem. They're looking. Yeah, don't we don't we have bigger issues to deal with in this okay, country? You know,
1: let's see. So let, let's make another burrito bet because I, yeah, I could, you can compl- I completely lost to you the burrito bet on how many Democratic candidates. Okay. Were, what are we up to, Democratic? candidates? I don't
2: even know. It's like I nineteen or something. It's isn't so it? ridiculous.
1: Um, I mean, we you've got you know Tim Ryan, you know, so Sherrod Brown doesn't go from Ohio and Tim Ryan does. Well, whatever. Um, Eric Swalwell? you know, I okay. don't
2: know that name. I
1: mean, he's barely legal. I I I don't think he was old <laughs> enough to run for president in sixteen. Okay, okay I think he's like thirty eight. <laughs> And then the latest Wayne Messam. I don't. I don't. Know, I don't who even know who's some of these people. I mean, is is it just a money grab? Is it so just fun get,
2: to I, get it, or maybe a, a fame? Yeah, attention. I can't
1: wait. Um, let's see. So okay, so here's the new bet, Carrie. Which will be uh, which you think will happen first, Brexit or Trump releasing his tax returns?
2: Ooh, I don't know what. I don't even know what to take on that one. I'm gonna say, I would Brexit. say Brexit too. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think, know.
1: I don't think you're ever gonna see Trump's. tax I think returns. it's
2: ridiculous that you know we have bigger issues to deal with. Did you see this week? Um, AOC or you call her Sandy once thinks the IRS should be preparing everyone's tax returns.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> talk to Chuck Reddick about that. I, I, you know, I don't. I mean. Yeah, because that was make sure she you know because they she, she would just like it want two lines gross right. income and seventy percent send to us as simple as that right um, you know but why was I playing Amy Klobuchar because because speak Klobuchar because speaking of taxes uh, remember last week I was talking about the, some of the new bills in Congress right you know trying to
2: help am- with retirement, retirement right? right
1: well Amy uh, and one of her co senators co-sponsored their own version of a a tax bill or I don't know if it's a tax bill, but a, you know, whatever bill. They call it the Savings for the Future Act. Okay. All right. Um, Now, remember, there's lots of bills
2: Mm -hmm. in Congress doesn't mean anything. It
1: doesn't mean anything, but it just gives you an idea because you you know, Amy is is positioning herself as to be more center left than I think some of the Democratic socialists running for president. But I you know, let's see what she wants to do. So she's got the bright idea, right, that they want to make businesses mandatory contributions to retirement
2: plans. Huh. Okay. Well, see, I, I think there's. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the government doing anything mandatory.
1: Okay. So so not only is you know, is in favor of a $15 minimum wage that they want to make the corporations pay, right?
2: Which by the way, there were headlines on that this week that guess what? Companies are cutting employees because of the minimum wage. Yeah. And I saw some um, more robots somewhere at Walmart. Yeah. When you're talking about because some of this minimum wage issues that Right.
1: see the robots are going to have to pay the payroll taxes. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. But um but the um now so yeah so but now making companies also have a minimum retirement contribution okay um
2: okay they're going to cut. here's another one mandating company
1: um and it's the companies are going to be required to pay at least 50 cents for every hour worked okay okay now i don't know if some of those employees would wouldn't rather have the 50 cents in their pocket well maybe
2: depending um, on their financial circumstances
1: um But, you know.
2: But I'm just saying, then you're dictating to someone how their money that they're working for is used. And then. I have a problem with that.
1: Now, she says to offset that, the companies would receive a tax credit for a portion of the contribution. Right, not all of it. Okay. Um, You know, um, yeah, you know, I hmm, I don't know how that's going to work. I I mean, I think, you know, really how I think the corporations are going to recover that?
2: They're going to not give you pay increases or to consumers, whatever their service. I think um,
1: I think you're going to pay more for their right, product.
2: Exactly. It's going to come down I, I, I to mean, consumers. I that, mean, that's what
1: I think is going to happen. Right. Um, or maybe it, they
2: won't hire or maybe though they people who may have gotten pay increases won't because it won't be in the budget. But
1: here's the part or I do Or they don't... can
2: make people pay more out of pocket for health care.
1: Well, we'll (laughs) but here's what I don't understand about some of these latest democratic socialist bills. Okay, so they want to tell the corporations you have to pay $15 an hour, you have to contribute to the employee's company retirement plan. Mm -hmm. But they also go in and say, but we also got to raise your corporate taxes.
2: Okay, so I'm going to hire a robot.
1: Because because <laughs> now not, not only so now they slide this into the bill. Now okay. they're saying to pay for the proposal. Well, I thought the corporations are paying for the proposal, but the government. You know, the bill says, well, to pay for the proposal, the senators are proposing raising the corporate tax rate by two percentage points. So 23%. Oh yeah, companies are
2: going to love this. It's a lose lose um, situation.
1: So so the government has to raise corporate taxes to pay what costs for making the companies. Mandatory
2: can—that's what I'm saying. It's a bad idea.
1: Oh, drives me crazy. Um, See, so too
2: much government intervention. They say
1: the program is expected to cost 200 to 250 billion over a decade.
2: Oh my gosh! Like we don't have other issues. Um, Why don't they focus on spending cuts? Like I never hear a congressman talking about. Any progress on government overspending. So,
1: I mean, again, you don't get too excited about bills in Congress, but, you know, we have a little uh, election coming up next year Mm and make your vote count.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's crazy already. Can you imagine next year? I can't wait. All right. Oh, I can. (laughs)
1: All right. Question two on our financial quiz. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you shovel ready? Remember Obama and the shovel ready jobs? Yeah. What happened to that? Are you shovel ready, Carrie? Right. Okay. Here's the next question. Distributions from an IRA generally must be made every year once an individual has attained age?
2: 70 and a half.
1: All right. Now, if anyone listening to this show for any time missed that question, mm-hmm. shame on you.
2: Or make sure you come to our class that we have <laughs> yeah. on um,
1: Go ahead, April
2: yeah. 23rd at 10 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. That is our IRA tax-qualified asset, Roth and planning. Roth class. Really, if you're someone 59 and a half or older and you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're going to talk about rules that you need to know if you own these assets, costly mistakes and why many people unnecessarily overpay in taxes and opportunities, especially in light of these favorable tax laws, that we have an opportunity that you may be missing out on. We're gonna talk about the positives and negatives of these assets. We're gonna show you how minimum required distribution, um, the impact of that, how much you get to spend, how much the government gets and how much your family will get. And I think people are very surprised on that. So even if you're 70 and a half... And already taking minimum required distributions, you want to make sure that you come to this class. We'll talk about Roth contributions and Roth conversions and how the tax law changes impact that. And that's, again, Tuesday, April 23rd, 10 a.m. We have great handouts, free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register, which you can do online at financialfoodforthought.com or call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. And remember, if you can't make the classes, you can always come in for that free consultation. And if you have these assets and for the consultation... We'll run your numbers and show you the impact of minimum required distribution. And we'll
1: give you the class book. And and why you may not want want to follow that
2: strategy. Right. And why maybe that strategy isn't in your best interest. Because we have cases all the time where, especially if someone's retiring before 70 and a half, that there's that window of opportunity that they can pull out money from that IRA. Even if they're not going to spend it, convert it to a Roth. Put it into some other asset that has it... um, tax-qualified ass or tax wrapper, rather. And there are huge opportunities that people are missing all the time who own these assets. Right. So
1: if you're not familiar, and we know statistics say that a high percentage of 65-year-olds do not really, are not comfortable with exactly what the required minimum distribution rules are. So come to the class or come in for consultation. You'll learn why we say, you know, you, everything you want to learn about why you want to learn about RMDs right. before you turn age 70.
2: Right. Although, that's why I said, if you're already there, some people will call and say, I'm already taking, should I come? Yes. There's, you know, there still could be yeah. things you can do. Yes. There could be, you know, I know because of the change in standard deductions have gone up, we have a lot more people thinking about the quali- qualified charitable distribution. Absolutely. If you're 70. You have
1: to be looking at that.
2: Especially if you're charitable and you and you can't itemize that anymore. Yeah take advantage of that lower year especially if if it'll push you under a medicare b threshold or right. a, or it throws you into another tax bracket it And it,
1: and, and we and we and and you know again that got so much more popular as you said with the new tax law and so I spent uh, and I'm sure you did too, Carrie, We spent a lot more time on this tax season talking to our clients c p a s and they're mm-hmm. in, in, they're in custodians of their i r a s right um because so many more are interested in that, and by the way, the custodians are getting more used to it, so they're they're getting it a, a turnkey it's right. very simple for them, you know they now understand when you call up it's not like you know they don't under- you know what you right. want to do, but
2: you want to do things correctly, you want to do. Things step you by know. step. There's you, a way. Yeah,
1: you got. Yeah, you
2: gotta dot your eyes and cross your t's. Because well, every year we have people that do things because they want to do it quick and easy.
1: Right. And one of the things I say is, you know, a lot of people, you know, the the key is it's got to be a direct, custo- you know, uh, you know trustee custodian to the charity. You know, you can't make, you can't get a, a check from the IRA made payable to you that you deposit into your checking account and Never. then you write a personal check to charity. That's not going to qualify. Yeah,
2: that's not it doesn't now, fall under those 60 day rollover guidelines. That's a separate issue.
1: Yeah, it's completely separate. Now the other thing too is you it's all right if the custodian uh, issues the check to your charity and mails you the check and then you hand deliver it to your charity
2: but that check should be made payable to the charity.
1: charity that's fine. and and But I, we also recommend in that event, and one of the reasons why that may be a good idea is now the charity knows for sure where it came from. Mm-hmm. Because if your name's not on the check, you know, it's just a check from IRA custodian to uh, the right. charity, your, your name might not be attached to it. Mm-hmm. So it might not be a bad idea to hand deliver it. But also before you give it up, get a copy of it. Mm-hmm. put a copy of the check in your tax file.
2: And You're you, not going to get that
1: canceled let check Let me tell back. you
2: now, with the age of cell phones, you can take a picture of the check, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. There Make you go.
1: You're, are you a millennial carrier? Or no, what? I'm
2: not, but um, all right. I'm crazy about documentation and keeping yeah. good records. Um,
1: now, speaking of deadlines, you if you, have, if you uh, attained 70 and a half last year in calendar 18, and you have not taken your first required minimum distribution, you've missed the deadline. It was April 1st. It's not April 15th, right? Um, so if you find yourself in that position, don't panic. You know, you want to be talking to your uh, tax preparer about um, completing IRS Form 5329. And, you know, we talk about that on the show all the time as well. All right, the other thing that we're doing in April areas. We're talking about those what?
2: Real estate.
1: Home selling season.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Home buying season. Have you seen some going up in the neighborhood?
2: Yeah, I've seen. I told you last I've seen some go up and be sold very quickly. Yeah.
1: Um. So, you know, our last week show. Remember, you can always catch our sh- past shows on podcast. You can go to um, the station's website. Uh, WHK 1420 AM, the answer. And You know, you click on the local podcasting button and find our slot, you know, Financial Food for Thought, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. And they've got a good collection of our past shows. So in April, we've been focusing on the real estate industry Mm -hmm. and it's always, you know, and so um, but I want to finish up, you know, just last year we talked about the buying side of it. Right. So one thing I didn't talk about, are you planning on buying a fixer upper? Okay, so what do the pros say there? Um well, first thing they say is they warn you twice <laughs> before you buy a fixer-upper right. if you really aren't good at fixing up, um, you know, and, and, you know, because a lot of cash-strapped home buyers think they can buy, you know, buy the fixer-upper and they'll take care of it. Um, but Zillow, you know, Zillow, one of the big, right. you, know, you know, they give numbers that contrast that theory. Their studies show that the typical fixer-upper is listed for just 8% less than other homes.
2: Oh, that's you know,
1: not that much. No. So it says maybe you save an average of about $11,000. And they said, well, you know, that's... Shoot,
2: if it's a fixer-upper, $11,000 is exactly. not going to get you not going to fix it up. That's not going
1: to get you the kitchen remodel. It might I'm, get you a bathroom remodel. But I'm thinking
2: even if you do it yourself, because we have a lot of clients that are handy, $11,000 is not going to get you many materials. Now,
1: again, you know, you're talking country-wide average, so it's very geographically, you know, broken down, you right? You could
2: get a deal, right?
1: I mean, they're saying, no, but I'm saying like that number, that's 11,000 average Across nationally. The, right. In Phoenix, it's about 1,000.
2: Okay. In San
1: Francisco, it's about 54,000. Okay. So it depends on where, where, you where live. you're at. Um, now, what does Zillow, what do they define as, or how do you define, Mark, how do you define a, a fixer-upper? Well, Zillow defines it as, you know, if the if the advertisement for the home has a, some type of description that's you know, signals the needs for updates. Right. Something like TLC needed or, right. you know, good bones. Or know, as or, is. Or something like that. Okay. So, a uh, little warning if you're planning on buying a uh, fixer-upper. But let's switch to the selling side,
2: Carrie. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, Okay, so a lot of you know a lot of a lot of headlines about you think about selling your home, do it before 2020 okay, because what happened in 2020 Carrie I don't know well, a lot of people the think election, the recession think? okay,
2: I was gonna say they think it's driven by
1: all right um, and you know Zillow and another uh real estate expert Poomics surveyed more than a hundred real estate experts and economists and 50% thought the 2020 recession okay um is what they're worried about and that they think that that will they are expecting to see a dip in home prices on the horizon
2: but it's different this time
1: <laughs> uh how many times have we said that Carrie? Um, And maybe it is different this time right, because we, just, we're not going to. have, I mean, I have to say, know,
2: everybody thought twenty nineteen, early twenty nineteen, there would be. A yeah, recession. they pushed it And has or the fe, well
1: Can we say that the Federal Reserve has successfully uh, maneuvered the soft landing? I yes. mean, are they that smart?
2: I and, would I, think they're very smart people. I
1: mean, are, have, have they got it? Will that will be recession proof forever?
2: I don't know. Should we thank Donald Trump? I don't know. Well, he wanted to get rid Trump? of Powell. Well, he put right. Powell in. He wanted to right. get rid
1: of him. Uh, You know, a lot of people are thinking, are they, can they do it? Can they successfully extend this longest U.S. expansion in history? Mm. Indefinitely. Okay. Are they that good at it by now?
2: Hmm.
1: Now, I, I think don't think they're that good at no, it No, but I now. think
2: there's too many factors that go into it. It's um, not that simple.
1: Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, so... You know, let's see, the share of those who say now is a good time to sell a home has increased 13% to 43%, up four percentage points from a year ago. Okay. Um, What are some of the reasons they say to sell now or good reasons to sell now? Um, They say, well, um, let's see, realtor.com, another, you know, competitor of Zillow, right? Um, you know, get it on now in April, you know, get it going in April. You know, they say the April's, you know, the time to do it because you won't, uh, you won't be the only listing for long, um, inventory scarce for several quarters is beginning to rise. Okay. You still stand to make a handsome profit while home prices continue to rise. Some pending home sales data point to an unsettled future, which we talked about, um, the high demand for homes. Um, there's a high demand for homes under 300,000, right? You know, very mm-hmm. simply, uh, for people who want to sell relatively expensive homes, yeah, you may have a longer, you know, a, a bigger problem. Um, mortgage rates are at a new low. Remember, mortgage rates have, right. you know, the Fed Reserve, of course, had no more rate increases. Mortgage rates dropped, okay? Um, so they're saying that makes it, you know, uh, you know that puts more buyers in the market, which makes it good for you, you know, to sell, Right. Um, and they say millennials are starting to flood the market. Um, this is a cycle that hits when each new generation reaches the point when its members have money to buy a home. Pew Research recently reported that it would use 1996 as the last birth year for the millennials. I think that's I, – I don't know why they're not going to – 2000. I don't, I don't get that. Never mind. Um, and, and they're saying oh, – That's got you know, to
2: complicate it, don't they? You
1: know, And they're saying that – Eventually, the millennials, all 80 million of them, are going to buy homes, right? Um, now, again, why they? you know, uh, uh, Realtor.com thinks April is the best time to sell, all right? Um, homes listed between, well, let's see, the first week of April is set to be the best time to put a home up for sale this year, okay? Um, homes listed between March 31st and April 6th are projected to get 14% more views and 5% less competition, Okay, homes will sell on an average six days faster and fetch 6% higher prices on average. Okay, Um, also better chance you'll get for your full asking price. Okay, June is often considered the peak of home buying season, but their analysis found the first week in April is best for sellers. Okay, looking to maximize list price and also reduce the risk of price cuts and competition from other sellers. So why do they say April? Well, one of the things is that given the time it takes from listing to close, putting a home on the market in early April, position sellers to attract buyers who can close and move before the beginning of the school year. You know, a lot of people, that's what they want, right? Now, Zillow disagrees with April, Gary. Okay. Okay. Um, Zillow claims that the first two weeks in May are the best nationally. And that's what we were saying last week. You know, Cleveland, I think, May— can you right. beat Cleveland in May? It's I mean, beautiful. I mean, I think that I always thought that was the best time to sell a home. Everything, like, everything, because right, April
2: still—I was cleaning out beds well, last week. April weekend.
1: showers a bit, yeah, and it could, and maybe and everything's
2: snow. still a little,
1: yeah. And the, the blooms aren't out yet. No, the grass isn't green. I mean, no, May is much, I think, prettier. Um, anyway, Zillow says May. Okay, um, now they also add this is interesting that homes listed on Saturdays get the most page views. Hmm. Okay. Although most real estate agents will tell you Thursday is when most people are trolling online because they're planning their weekend drive-bys. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, so what are some of the pitfalls? You know, or how you could blow up your sale? Um, all right. So these are, you know, for if you're, you know, if you're the DIYs out there, you know, okay. um, they, the pros say don't try to sell the home yourself. If you're not qualified, um, okay, um, go with an agent. By the way, they say about 90 I was going to
2: say, did an agent say that?
1: <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> well, no. They, well, they say about 90% of sellers go with an agent. Okay. I've never tried to sell my home myself. The, the, have you? No. Okay. Um, Just because I,
2: I know, I don't know the ins and outs and I'm not comfortable
1: Right. If you're going to, that's what the experts say. If you're going to attempt at your own, um, you know, you may want to take a crash course to cover your state's uh, real estate laws.
2: Right. But I've known people that have and didn't know, but hired a real estate attorney or, you know, I don't know. But you you better have somebody who's knowledgeable on the laws so you don't.
1: Yeah, do you think we Open live in a own. litigious world, care? Yeah,
2: there's too much liability.
1: Especially because, you know, by the way, if you're doing it for the first time ever and your buyer's got a seasoned pro,
2: hmm, mm-hmm.
1: who's going to win that one? Um, secondly, uh, you're either overpricing or underpricing your home, okay? The, again, this is where they say a professional agent can help. Right. You know, um you know, if you if you're going too high, you know you become a stale listing, right? right. Which leads to then becomes an older listing, and then people start saying, hmm, there must be something wrong with that one?" Right? Right. Um, getting your home ready to sell. Okay. Um, so we talked about on the buying side, you always do an inspection, right? Right. So on, a lot of pros say on the selling side, you do a pre-listing right inspection yourself. You pay for it.
2: Right. Have you
1: know you know they say it costs around two to five hundred bucks, right? Um, now you're not blindsided by the buyers, you know, right. the inspector, right? Um, and, you know, in that way, and also, you know, they also say that if the if your pre-listing inspection identifies some red flags, you know, that's where the agent can help you work those through, right?
2: Right, or you fix um, it before it's an issue.
1: Are you showcasing your home? Do you know what that's about, Gary?
2: You mean like staging and...
1: Yeah, like baking the cookies and stuff? And, yeah, I don't... Um, does that work?
2: I have no idea.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Well, so let's get some jump. Most agents advise not showing an empty home, but Warren, too much clutter is more a, in a bigger right. problem.
2: Okay. Yeah. Because um, they have staging experts now. Although let me tell you, once I had my house empty, it sold like on the first showing. There so. you go. I don't know.
1: Um, 61 to 82% of the sellers staged their home.
2: Right. I, I know it's a I big see that. market. I thought that's
1: high. I mean, you know. That's a big. Um, yeah. What does the pros charge, Gary? Do you know?
2: I don't know, but it was more than I was willing to pay because I'm pretty frugal.
1: They say one to three percent of the price.
2: Right. Which I think that's high. I don't know.
1: Yeah, $250,000 home. You're talking five grand. <laughs> yeah. I you know, was five, like,
2: nah, I'll just clean it clean. I think at a
1: DIY, I think the internet could help you a lot. You right.
2: Know. I was like. I mean, I'll how just...
1: much on the internet could you learn about staging and probably everything you want right. to know? But I
2: was like, I'll just clear it out and then. And also, I think, I don't know if you have it there, Mark, is that you can interview, like any other profession, like meet with multiple real estate. I picked three, had them come in, said, what would your presentation be? What's your commission? You know, and and I had three people, three different commissions, three different ideas.
1: Right. Um,
2: And they had three different ideas on where I should price the house. But at least I had an average.
1: Right. So there's some, you know... There's lots of, you know, so if you're, you know, a lot of ideas out there that are easily attainable and you, you want, you know, you may want to do a little bit of your homework mm-hmm. um, and kind of go from there. Now, it's always a question about what does the buyer want, right? You know, what does the buyer want? Mm-hmm. And so let's look at this as an interesting list, right? Um, how do you get the premium price for your home? The top 10 features, okay. Kara, let's see. You know what number one is?
2: No. (laughs) I don't. I don't know.
1: Do you want to take a guess?
2: Basement? I mean, those are things. You're talking about that kind of stuff?
1: No, we're talking like high end.
2: Like granite countertops?
1: Uh, How about a steam shower? What? Uh, What is a steam shower?
2: I don't know. I just use it like I just have a normal shower, a walk-in shower that you... Why do I want a steam shower?
1: I don't know. They say that that gets, <laughs> you know. They say that's like the, That's the number one thing. That I don't looks.
2: know. I guess I. Yeah.
1: Uh, how about what's next? Professional grade appliances. <sighs> okay.
2: I don't know. I don't like to cook, so that's.
1: Um, the outdoor kitchen. Really. I got a grill.
2: Yeah, me too. You know, that's how I would say. There's my outdoor kitchen.
1: Um, how about a pizza oven?
2: What. See, this sounds of the stuff I would not care about.
1: Well, I mean, you're not getting top dollar right. for your house, Karen. Nor do
2: I. Do, I don't care. I wouldn't want that stuff.
1: Um, a n-
2: pizza oven? How often would you have a pizza every night?
1: I, like, I mean, I could. It,
2: but don't I have, doesn't my oven work just as good? I my thought. Oven, I thought my oven worked to make
1: food. There's always a microwave. Right. <laughs> not that there's enough pizza parlors on every corner. I was going to say. Um, how many pizzas could you buy at, 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 at the cost of a pizza How many pizzas would oven? you,
2: Yeah. Probably a few, several years.
1: Um, Not only the steam shower number one, but the pet shower.
2: What? I I love my. Okay, I have pets. Yeah, the the,
1: the garden hose in the backyard. I was gonna
2: say that's exactly what my.
1: Yeah, that's my pet shower. (laughs) Mine too. I mean, I don't know. Hook up Um, the hose. Okay. How about the entertainer or prep sink? I'm not sure what that is. I have a sink. I have I a have double a, sink. I have a
2: double sink in my kitchen with a garbage disposal. I got a sink in my bathroom. See, I'm thinking like, I guess my ideal list versus like garbage disposal.
1: We're we're <laughs> in the wrong homes, Carrie. Clearly. All right. Um, heated floors.
2: All right, tile. The, see, that's not Do mean, you have that in your house? No, I don't. Okay. I, I like, I don't know.
1: Um. All right. I'm guilty for this next one, Carrie. Okay. A wine fridge.
2: Okay. I don't have that.
1: I've got that. But, I mean, it's not like I a built-in. I have it's like, like a, a wine it's rack. It's like a small one. That- I
2: have a wine rack that was built in. You know what we have there? Powerades. Gatorades.
1: Chuck <laughs> <laughs> hasn't started buying the, no. the Bordeaux yet? No. Oh, man. Um. All right. How about uh, one more? The, the meditation room.
2: Well, can't that be like your living room? Oh, well, to me, I call yeah. it the garage. Right, I was I mean, if, say, if, you know, my, my husband would say, yeah, that's our garage, his workshop. Right,
1: if I want to stoke up some Parkham Riff, you know, I'm <laughs> on the garage. That's my, I mean, that's my meditation room.
2: Or can it be a living room or some quiet, your bedroom?
1: Wow. Um, so I don't think we did I think, too well. I don't know.
2: I think that person who's uh, wrote that list is out of touch, out of average people.
1: Okay, so now, Carrie, what should you paint your front door?
2: I've heard Red.
1: Okay. Um, Would be
2: my guess because I've always heard about the red front door.
1: Where have you heard about the red front door?
2: I've heard about the red front door, that it's eye catching. It's there. um, There's some historical significance too, but it was, it used to mean something people said like your house was paid off or something. I I don't know. Somebody told me Hmm. once, but it also is uh, eye catching having a red front door.
1: Carrie, it's not red. It's not. No. Okay. Now, um, You know, I'm, you know, I could, you know, think of Dublin and they have all the, you know, they have all the doors, you know, all the, all the colored doors. Red is very popular, yellow, you know, but no, it's not yellow. Black? Very good, Carrie.
2: I was just thinking of something that I'm not, where did you get uh, these articles? Like, I feel like I'm so out of touch, clearly.
1: Paint your front door this color and boost your home selling price by $6,200.
2: By now, having a black... This has
1: got to be fake news, right?
2: <laughs> I would think so. I mean, what are they... they... 6200 I mean, shoot.
1: I mean, maybe in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, but I don't think 6200 I don't think you're going to get $6,200 by, you know, painting your door in Cleveland black. No. All right. Um, if that's
2: the case, go spend the money on some paint.
1: <laughs> houses with front doors in shades of black from charcoal to jet fetch 6271 more than expected when sold. According to the latest paint color analysis from real estate website Zillow, okay, um, a black door, a black front door wasn't the only bold design choice that paid off for home sellers. Tuxedo style kitchen cabinetry. do you know what that means, Carrie? No. okay. Well, that means when the <laughs> upper cabinets are white or light colored and the lower cabinets, the kitchen islands are dark or very navy or black, right? Um, that generated about $1500 premium. Okay. Um, Yeah, I would think that'd be... So we're seeing a notable shift in home design where pops for color, particularly in darker hues of blue and gray to even black, are becoming increasingly popular. Zillow home designer expert, Carrie Kelly. Wow. Okay. Contrasting colors, especially in kitchens and home exteriors and interest and dimensions to a room that plays very well in listings and photos and videos. So there you go. So um, paint Uh, your front door black. You know, get get the steam shower. I say,
2: I say paint your front door whatever color you want. You
1: yeah. do all that, you know, the pizza oven. Why would you ever want to leave? Right. All right.
2: All right. right. Um, well, either way, um, we can help if you're someone who wants to build. I know um, a new home scenario or looking at what you can afford, whether it's upgrading And sometimes downsizing doesn't mean downgrading. Um, We can help figure out how much you can afford to spend um, and can you afford the two-home scenario if you find the home of your dreams and you're not quite ready to sell. The estate planning team offers a free no-obligation consultation for people who want help with these issues, whether you're working or in retirement and want to know what steps you should take in preparing for retirement, and later on, which assets to draw to create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible, while taking advantage of opportunities in the complicated tax code and also addressing financial challenges like rising health care costs. Um future tax increase, um, income replacement needs or or premature death of a spouse, um, loss of a job, long-term care, and much more. And we offer the free consultation or you can come out to our free educational classes. We have April 23rd, 10 a.m. in Middleburg Heights. If you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're talking about strategies to minimize the long-term tax impact of these assets, both during lifetime and to your heirs, the impact of minimum required distribution, Roth contributions and conversion rules and rules that you need to know if you own these assets. So you don't make some costly mistakes then on, May 7th at 6 o'clock in Independence is our class for retirees and people nearing retirement. We're talking about the retirement rules you often hear about that you may consider breaking. Spending issues, um, rising health care cost inflation, market volatility, and understanding the tax law changes, Social Security elections, and much more. And they're free. We have some great handouts to register. Call 440-239-2090. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety, 239 2090 or visit FinancialFoodForThought.com. All
1: right. We have a few minutes left here. Okay. Um, so let me give you another quiz question. Okay. This was the hardest one. Okay. Carrie, only 10% get this question right.
2: Okay. All
1: right. Historically, which one of the following generates the highest returns over a long time period? Okay. A. Dividend paying stock funds.
2: Okay. B.
1: Large company stock funds. Okay. C. Small company stock funds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or D. High yield bond funds.
2: And what was the question again?
1: Historically, which one of those generates the highest returns over a long time period? <sighs> We've got again, dividend paying stock funds. Mm-hmm. Large company stock funds, small company stock I'm funds. i want to
2: say B or C, but I'm going to guess only, C.
1: Very good, Carrie. Small company guess. stock funds. Okay. The correct answer, only 10% of the survey respondents answered this question correctly. Small company stock funds carry more risk, which means that performance varies a lot from year to year. Right. But on average, to compensate for that risk, returns are generally higher. From 1926 through 2012, small cap stocks average an annual return of 12.28%, 12. 12. compared to 1008 for the large cap, according hmm. to Morningstar. Okay, so there you go. So Carrie, I think you got you're 100%. Yeah. You passed. Three for okay. three. So we want all our clients to pass the quiz and keep listening to the show, come to the classes, and we'll make sure you don't fail. Your retirement literacy, mm-hmm. financial literacy. Yeah, so Carrie, this song you've you've heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big hit. It wasn't a it wasn't an immediate hit. Okay. Okay. Um, as I said, it came out in 1973. It didn't really start hitting the charts for a few couple years after that. But many many couples fell in love to this song, Carrie. Huh. Okay. Um, you know and. Some of the, you know, let's see, uh, let's see what number hit I am turning this up on YouTube. I'm not the first one to listen to it on YouTube. Here. Okay. Actually, I'm the 17th million, wow. person to, to, to watch this on YouTube. Um, and of course, you know, here are some of the comments. Um, the very first date I had with my wife, this song came on and I sang along with it. But when it came to the part that said, Amy, I changed it to Kathy. That was over 40 years ago, and we're still very much in love. Yeah. Um, now, do you think, like I said, Carrie, I'm sure a lot of people played this set. Uh, I'm sh- and now, do you think there are any baby girls named after this song?
2: I maybe uh, I would I think, think quite
1: so. Quite a few, okay. Now Amy Klobuchar wasn't because she was born prior to the song coming out, but I bet when she was a freshman at Yale, she was singing this song. Um she's about my age. This was a big song, you know, in the in the late 70s. Um My mom named me, here's another reader. My mom named me after the song and sang it to me every single day. I am the oh, daughter of a hippie chick. Okay um here's another comment from miles right i was wilder than a jar full of june bugs when this song came out (laughs) surprised i'm still alive (laughs) okay um okay here's another one god knows i love this song so many incredible times when sailing the bahamas in 30-foot sloops Smoking good Jamaican weed and eating fresh lobster tails boiled in seawater and red snapper cooked on a stick over an open fire on the beach at Honeymoon Harbor. I pity you kids coming up who never experienced the 70s. So enjoy our music. It's ageless. That was, um, that was Bill Clinton. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's get out of
2: here. All right. Well, again, call for a free consultation. And I want to remind people, don't put your tax return away just because it's April 15th. Plan ahead. If you're not happy with the amount that you paid and come in for a free consultation and you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or come out to our free Planning classes, that's 440 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.
1: All right, and we'll keep on the home selling and we'll talk about mortgages maybe next week. Also, we've got our 419 show coming up. You know what that's about, Carrie? No. The true green economy. Oh. Have a good weekend.